0: Alright, I, I just wanted to touch on one thing real quick from the Air Comfort Solutions text line before we whoa. Before we kick off hour number two. Oh my gosh. How about hour number three? My mind is gonna be blown tonight. I just got a text literally as we kicked off hour number three. So that's about how tonight's battle series is different. Yeah. How is it different? Can you share? Can't share yet. Maybe by the end of the show. Let's just say either either my great friend, Patty Gasso, my good buddy, JT Gasso, my close personal friend, Jen Rocha, my soulmate, Jackie Livingston, somebody over there is trying to just blow this old man's mind so that's uh
1: trying to make you work for that paycheck
0: think your way through it but that for a tease but real quick before we get to the top five stories of the day here in hour three brought to you by roof tech of oklahoma josh tucker's got you covered over at roof tech of oklahoma i wanted to address this real quick from the 918 big 10 presidents won't let any new members in Unless the university is a member of the prestigious Association of American Universities. The AAU. You know, Nebraska's not even a member of it anymore. So I don't, I understand that stance. But here's the other thing. I, we don't consider how additive people are. We're just like, oh, wow, they're pretty good. They fit in great there. Let's go do it. Are they bringing value? Are they bringing you more money? That's, to me, that's more of an issue in any team going into the Big Ten than whether or not they're in the AAU. And the only programs that are going to be additive financially for the Big Ten are teams that are already in in the SEC or Notre Dame. So that's just that's how I. Yeah, I I get what you're saying, but kind of you don't think
1: Oregon and Washington would be additive.
0: For the Big Ten? Financially, no. Now, from the ease of scheduling, maybe. I don't think that they bring this massive uptick in value. You're just cutting the pies more ways.
1: Or you stay where you're at and cut the pie.
0: Right, exactly. You add add those two teams, you're up to 16. Wait, 18? Yeah. Then that's two more slices that are taken out of this pie between 14. It's a pretty significant amount of money anyway. I don't know. I mean, I, I could be way off. I just don't feel like that they do now it, Kansas, on the other hand, maybe they could because the markets that you would get,
1: yeah, well, no, I don't think I don't think Kansas ups everybody's shares either now, not much If you pair Kansas with Notre Dame, then yeah, everybody probably does make a little bit more coin, and then you can justify adding a Kansas, but that's probably the case with Oregon and Washington too, or Cal or Stanford, any of those schools. But I think Florida State would they? Maybe, Clemson? Maybe. There you go.
0: Now you're thinking the way that I'm thinking. Right? Someone that's already in an ACC, SEC or Notre Dame. And I don't think anyone's leaving the SEC to go to the Big 10. But this was I go back to our conversation with Ryan Leaf. This comes down to a spreadsheet. And you look at that spreadsheet and you're like, "Oh, Okay, we can make this much. Yeah, but they're not a member of the
1: AAU. Yeah, we don't really care. Just get don't up there care. and say this. Yeah, go. Get in there. I,
0: I don't think it's as important as it once was. Now, listen, they're going to sell you that, and they're going to tell you that because they want to be— Well, it's a PR game. They want to be the elite educators in the world. So, All right, uh, it is time for the top five stories of the day, brought to you by Newcastle Casino.
1: It's time for the top five stories of the day. Seven. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real
0: gamers play. Let's
1: go,
0: man. All right, Newcastle Casino, uh, newcastlecasino.com. They bring you our top five. I can't believe it's 11 o'clock already. In fact, I looked at the clock. I'm like, whoa, where'd this show go? Uh, It's the top five stories today. Uh, Here we go. Big story number five. Number five. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I get very confused by the fall slash spring schedules for men's and women's golf. In my mind it's like, why are we why are we in the middle of a golf championship whenever it doesn't really get too carried away until the spring, right? Right? Well, um, as we sit here today, we uh we're in the midst <laughs> Of the, the the Big Twelve Championship, so the Sooners have rolled so far, and here on day two, after dominating wins over, let's see who they beat on day one. Dominating win over, I know West Virginia was in there. They they swept through Baylor. Uh, they had a push against Kansas. So here on day three. They're in the midst of a showdown with the Oklahoma State Cowboys. The Sooners are currently ahead in four of the six matches. They are even in one. Goodman, Dowell, Holbrook, and Welch. Uh, In fact, Dowell and Holbrook are dominating through their matches right now. And it looks like the Sooners are in a good spot to play for the championship tomorrow. This is at Houston Oaks. Oklahoma has amassed the most total points by far so far in the tournament. Uh the most match points and their whole differential as well. So OU men's golf looking to grab a Big Twelve Fall Championship. They are in control against Oklahoma State in the Big Twelve tournament. And then we'll have like another one in the fall, and I'll be really confused. And are the spring, excuse me. I'm like, what's going on here? By the way, while we're at it, uh, I need to take a moment to give kudos to Jerry Ransom and the continued support of the Ransom family. The modernization of the existing Charlie Cole Center and the creation of a new indoor golf performance center are part of yet another incredibly generous gift from the Ransom family. Five million dollars. By the way, I just want to point this out. If Mr. Ransom or Coach Hibble needs someone to kind of test out all of that gear, I'm there for them if they need me. I'm there for them. All right. Um you ready for big story number four? Let's do it. Big story number four. Number four. I have a question too. How does like. TJ and dudes know whenever text comes in for them. Do they have like alerts on their phone? Are they constantly monitoring our they must text be. message activity on the on the texting app? I, that's wild to me. Like Travis answered, do you guys have alerts set up so you know whenever a text comes in to ask you questions? That is a dangerous game to play. Right? <laughs> to are are you are you on. just are you lurking to see if anyone's texting us talking about you? What's going on here? All right, big story number four, a lot of NFL stuff to get to. All right, so first, let's get to the lowdown on owner v. owner. Um, It starts with Jim Ursay. Dan
2: Snyder should get removed.
0: Should the Snyder family sell? Okay, so that's not as good of audio as I thought. Should Dan Snyder be removed? Should snyder be forced to sell right i said he should there's consideration that he should be removed. you know we have to complete the investigation but to me it's something that i think serious consideration has to be given to the removal and we have complete authority to do that
2: of him or just what a family period
0: i i think uh in general of him being removed and selling the franchise Roger Goodell out of this. It's an ongoing investigation. It's what we talked about. There were no interim reports.
2: We do not provide any because we don't have them. When Mary Jo White is done with her investigation, we will share that with the membership and share it publicly as we committed to before.
0: Now, this is getting ugly with Daniel Snyder. He claims he has dirt on the rest of the owners, but I don't know, dude. I, I understand where the commanders are as a franchise right now, and... There has been multiple issues. And trust me, Jim Ursay is the one guy who could probably look at it and say, Bro, I, I've gotten in trouble enough. Ursay with his issues with what? What do you get in trouble for? Like prescription medication and things of that nature? He goes, That's bad. That's a Jim Ursay problem. This is bad. This is a franchise and now a f- potentially the shield kind of an issue. Sure, it, it is. And I don't think it. I don't think it's lost on anyone that Jeff Bezos wants to own the team. I don't think it's lost on anyone that Bezos wants to own the Washington football team. So, and they wouldn't mind having that kind of money or welcoming him into their little
1: uh band little of uh
0: band of brothers if you will.
1: Band of uh rich rich people.
0: So that's that's the update on the future of Daniel Snyder owning Washington. What is what is going on with Dak Prescott? Here's what Jerry Jones had to say.
2: He's determined to, from my perspective, from what I can know and see, uh, I think he's going to get there. Uh, we uh, feel like that uh, physically he's at a position that the risk reward justifies him being out there Uh, in terms of any reoccurrence of the injury. Uh, Set that one off to the side. We don't have that to think about. So it's a question of him getting ready. And he's going to be given every opportunity this week to get ready to go play.
0: Meanwhile, Roger Goodell was asked about roughing the passer. We've had less calls than we've had in the past. There's been no change to that rule. We're not backing off of protecting players that are in a defenseless position or an exposed position uh, that... Could lead to injury, and we'll take those techniques out of the game. <laughs> um, and one more, one more, real quickly here on the NFL. Ben Roethlisberger somehow popped back into the pop back into the sports stratosphere yesterday. Whenever he offered this take about Tom Brady, Tom is the greatest. The Super Bowl rings show it, and talk about it, and whatever. It didn't look like he wanted to be out there. Mm. I mean, maybe it was the pressure that, and he was getting hit and the you know whatever was going on, but I'm like there's no way he's enjoying this. Mm. No way. It just didn't look fun to him. When a defense gets after you, like sometimes your anger and your disgust for things happen because the other team is affected mm-hmm. not just because you, you know, it's you. So Right. Uh, but yeah, it, it did it just looked like a different Tom. Who in the world is doing that interview? Yeah. Mm. Right. Mm. Uh, right. So there you go. People just got to collectively learn to shut up
1: while interviewing.
0: Stop talking when someone is talking. You have plenty of time to make...
1: It. Dude, this is ridiculous.
0: Why? Why would you send this text, Jackie, in the middle of my show? My gosh, people, I get off the air at noon.
1: All right.
0: Um, I literally... There's 15 text messages in the span of five minutes.
1: Nobody cares. The show is over in 45 minutes, okay? <laughs> Good Lord. You will operate on their schedule and not vice versa, and you will like it. <laughs> um, Tua, by the way,
0: had an interesting take. I'm getting all my NFL stuff out here because I don't have NFL anywhere else on the top five. <laughs> um, Tua says he remembered everything from the Thursday game against Cincinnati up to the hit. He doesn't remember card getting carded off. He does have some memories from the ambulance, and that's it. Dude, that's that's scary, right? And honestly, I didn't feel like, did he get flung down? You bet. I've seen a lot harder hits, sure. right? So we're seeing, they're saying Tua should be back on Sunday night against Pittsburgh. We'll find out. And then there was this moment ago from Adam Schefter. With misdemeanor assault charges being filed against Devontae Adams, his case now falls under the NFL's personal conduct policy, which waits for the legal process to play out. While it does, Adams will continue playing, including Sunday versus the Texans. Great. All right, um, big story number three.
1: Number three.
0: But, yeah, this this dope who's doing his first-ever game walking right in front of the entrance – yeah, he's fine. He gets to do whatever he wants. Good lord!
1: I yeah, mean, hopefully, he doesn't get suspended. That
0: I gotta tell you something. If if I would have walked right in front of a player and they knocked me over, I would be like, dude, my bad. I know. If I would have walked, the the guy that ran in front of the people running out of the tunnel, the fox guy, they got did he press charges? No, because he's not soft. You walked right in front of him. It's a football player. It's not some just dude on the street. He's these kids today, Josh. Let me tell you. Alright, big story number three. Let's get the baseball out of the way here real quick. American League Championship Series is set. And the bit swung
2: on. Hit in the air to deep right. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. It is a in blast. That beautiful inside-out swing. Drilling it in the right set of heel seats. Aaron Judge. And Everyone rise. Here comes the judge.
0: Hey, homers, and the Yankees take a 4-0 lead. 5-1. Yankees win the
1: game. Man, that was boring, wasn't it? It was a very boring game.
0: (laughs) Uh, I did like Labor Torres kind of the rocking the baby whenever it was over.
1: Yeah, what did you make of Bob Costas throughout this series? I found that to be kind of an interesting subplot. I didn't realize there were a lot of people that were pretty displeased with his broadcast in the series okay so yes back of the class i see your hand raised please
0: i have the greatest and utmost respect for bob costas he's accomplished more in broadcasting than i will ever come close to accomplishing and he's kind of the voice of a generation right he's also an arrogant arrogant dude and so whenever he calls a game it's almost as if the game is beneath him and everything that's going on is beneath him.
1: And, and in, he, uh, in the history of Yankees baseball.
0: I mean, and he didn't even get facts right. I mean, he he completely and totally glossed over the fact that the Yankees had won a World Series since, I don't know, the the days of Joe Torre. But again, that's just that's how he is. He's I like I don't mind listening to him, but I just know that I'm gonna be talked down to and anything that happens on the field is gonna be the worst thing he's ever seen in his life when it comes to celebration. I
1: thought you know, it it really didn't occur to me with Costas until some other people kind of made those observations out there. But watching and listening to this decisive winner-take-all game, I, I noticed some of what they were talking about right. out there. Like, even the final call was so bad, Plank, that he got diverted and he's making fun of this or that. Like, like who was it? Who was the, the right. player for Cleveland that – did whatever at the end of uh, the last game.
0: Oh, no, no, you're, you're talking about the, the rock and the baby from
1: Naylor. Right. right. Yeah, And Torres mocked it, right? Yeah. As Torres mocks it. Dude, we don't need that observation in that moment. Have the final call and then visit that later. The, the final call should have been, Yankees are headed to the American League Championship Series. Not, <laughs> and the Yankees are headed, oh, and look, he's mocking him at second base. It was like, he was, like, distracted, bright and shiny yeah. objects. Um,
0: and then, of course, late later in the evening, you got – by the way, that sets up – I guess I should probably seal the deal here. That sets up the American League Championship Series, which will get underway tonight at 6.37 p.m. with the Astros and the Yankees. Meanwhile, the Phillies took game one of the National League Championship Series. Swung on it. Hit. Wow. Deep to right field. Titanic shot into the second deck. Wow, the Phillies take a two nothing lead. That was as long a home run as you're gonna see here at Petco Park. It's a great call. Is that Shomby? ESPN? Sound like him. Pretty good. Uh two zip was the final score of that game. Solo home run from Bryce Harper, solo home run from Kyle Schwarber. Phillies Padres. Game two to this afternoon at three thirty five on Fox. Anything Boy, they've
1: else? got uh They've got some mojo going right now that a bunch of people didn't necessarily see coming.
0: I mean, their manager got fired this year,
1: for goodness sakes.
0: Big story number two. Number two. We didn't have the start of the NBA season last night. The Warriors rolled the Lakers. The Celtics, with Blake Griffin, beat the Philadelphia 76ers tonight. Everyone else in action, including Oklahoma City. The Thunder open their season against Minnesota. Yeah! Yeah! The Vegas over-under win total, what do we find, 20, 25? Yeah, I think it was 23 and a half. Okay, I threw in my phone. Look at you,
1: 23 and a half. That's from, uh, let's see, Vegas Insider.
0: Scroll hey, scroll down
1: there real quick if you don't mind. San Antonio has the lowest in the league. San Antonio spurs 22 and a half.
0: Y'all know what's going to happen.
1: They're going to be halfway decent? No, 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 no. They're going to win, yeah, the, the lottery. and get The Spurs up, are going to win the lottery. Manana, and, and yeah. Manana, just <laughs> like
0: they got Duncan, just like they got Robinson. So, the fix is in, yourself. baby. Uh, the right.
1: Celtics, by the way, have the largest win total, 53-and-a-half. And then you've got the Bucks, the Suns, the Clips all at 52-and-a-half and, a half, and uh, Warriors 51-and-a-half. 76ers, Nets, nah, fifty and a half. and Those are your your big win totals.
0: Intrigued to see Rudy Gobert in a Timberwolves jersey tonight.
1: Rudy Gobert. First Joe Bear appearance for the T-Wolves. That's right.
0: Let's get us to big story number one. Number
1: one. Number one. Number one. That's
0: a big story in the Sooner Nation. It's the big story in the Big 12. Brett Yormark saying that the official timetable for the move for Oklahoma and Texas will officially be football 2025. They're going to be here through 25. They've committed themselves in advance of me getting here, and they've reiterated that commitment. So they'll be here through the duration, and my relationship with both Texas and Oklahoma is very, very strong. And they're full members, and we're looking forward to working with them. Now, we'll go more in-depth on big story number one with Eric Bailey from the Tulsa World coming up in exactly seven minutes from now. But we'll do a break. There's your top five stories of the day, brought to you by Newcastle Casino, right here on The Ref. All right, let's be uh, quick here because Eric Bailey is coming up next. Um, Okay, let's see here. I would rather listen to ballet than hear about Major League Baseball.
1: Um, well, that makes sense. Ballet is awesome.
0: No more taki taki on baseball. We need some Sooners. i love the Uh, the critiques is funny as well i mean listen it's uh it's three hour show and we just spent like three minutes on baseball combined so i understand your frustration (laughs) in us talking about too too much much baseball Drew brings up a good point my man drew england i think these conferences have to look at it as a big picture yes you're gonna get some great football schools but you really need to add schools that are well-rounded in athletics right and you also are in a situation Josh where you're not you you have this kind of mold of what you feel like a team in your conference should look like, play like, be like, right? You, you everyone kind of has this mindset, but it's really adjusted. Like I could have never imagined a Big 10 team being like what Rutgers is, right? I could never imagine no offense to Scott Van Pelt, but Maryland being a Big Ten team, I mean they were, they were ACC teams to me. You know, I, I can't fathom UCLA and USC as Big Ten teams, but you know they look at it as Drew brought it up, well-rounded in athletics and you know schools that bring value to them, it's dollars and cents, man. That's why this whole this whole dog and pony show that took place last month. Oh they're they're meeting with the big Ten. everyone's meeting with the big Ten Blah, Oregon's meeting with it you notice how much has happened since those meetings right? Absolutely nothing. Crickets not a thing. That's why I don't get too carried away um with the 580 it's about money. Oh you left for it and the big twin will keep us as long as they can for the money. I wonder. I wonder if the value of keeping them for the final what now uh, three seasons. I guess it would be four, but last year was kind of you know the shock of the announcement. They they couldn't leave last year even if they wanted to since the announcement came in like June or July, but without a heftier exit fee, right, or, or just without it being an absolute scheduling disaster. But I guess my point more than anything else is would it be more financially beneficial to keep them around longer for the big 12 or to go ahead and try to reap the benefits of an, of the early exit fee. And I guess, I guess that financial side became a little bit convoluted, with the report that Dennis Dodd had about a fox that might say, whoa That's who gets hurt right. if they you're, leave early. You're not replacing my Oklahoma, Texas, my Texas, Alabama with freaking, you know, Oklahoma State, Arizona State. No, no, no. You're not you're not replacing that with uh with a Kansas State Stanford matchup. No. So I I wonder how much that factored in. Um big time factored in. That's the
1: biggest factor for all because the-, the other schools plank they would get they would get made whole via the exit fee unless it was negotiated. TV station? Fox eh, maybe? No.
0: There's two really good ones from um from Gunny and from the 918. But I want to save them for the final segment. They're the they're definitely the texts of the day when it comes to this conversation about 2025, officially being the first year in the SEC. But how official is it, right? Are, are we buying in on the report? We'll talk to Eric Bailey from the Tulsa World next. It's a bye week, but I know my man is still grinding. So as we welcome you back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref, let's say hello to Tulsa World's OU beat rider, good friend of the program, Eric Bailey, is in the house. Eric, man, are you, are you still living the softball dad life or are you getting a little break right
2: now? We are uh, tail end of fall season. Okay. Thanks for asking, Chris. I appreciate it. We played in a big tournament this weekend, and we're, we've we stepped up in competition. It's kind of like, you know, smaller schools when they play OU and get run rules. <laughs> we're, we're, we're the smaller school now. So, but we're learning. I mean, we're, it's fun. I, I still it, – it's my favorite thing is watching my daughter play softball. So, uh, it's been fun.
0: My favorite thing is watching the videos on social media, so I'm glad that you share those because – I got to tell you something, man. None of my – well, I've still got an 8-year-old, so I'm holding out hope. None of them really got into softball. I think my, my 14-year-old played one year and I was never happier. But, you know, as, as into softball as I am, it's, it's, it's really fun to see your daughter having a blast. Now, um, with that in mind, I don't know if you've noticed this, Eric, but Patty Gasso is still recruiting like crazy. So are you you ready to get some uh, softball coverage come around February, March, and April?
2: Oh, I I can't wait, and and even what they're doing with the inter squad games, it's incredible. You you just feel the passion of the of the fan base by you know just going to inter squads. And uh, my daughter's pitching coach, he watches every Wednesday night. He's excited. He can't get enough of that. And there are a lot of fans out there like him that just can't wait for softball season. And it's so it's so fun, and it's getting the 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 appreciation it really respects, and it's a credit to. Patty Gasso and her staff and her players with what they've been able to do to just really engage with their fans and really uh, promote this love of the game. All
0: right, no real easy way to transition from the fun of softball talk to what I think it had been a, a challenging three week stretch. But, Eric, you're at every press conference, you're at every media avail. Um, how do you think Coach Venables handled, I guess you could say, the not attrition, but the frustration? of the three-week stretch involving K-State, TCU, and Texas. Kind of one of those first, really, patches of adversity he's had since a head coach and maybe even as an assistant in quite
2: a while. How do you feel like he handled that? Yeah, and that's something I – you know, it's the first time he'd ever lost three games in a row in a, in a regular season ever, going back to his Kansas State assistant days. They wow. never did that under him. He, last time he'd lost three games in a row during the regular season, he was a player. It was a senior season at K-State, so this is new, new, new ground for him. You compound that with being a first-year head coach. He's the one that has to keep this all together. I thought he did a really good job of, of really keeping them together because, to be honest, that game last Saturday could have gone either way. It was almost like a fork in the road moment where if they lose that game, I don't even, and then they go into a bye week, and there's so many things that could have really tailed off. I think that the way they won with Dylan Gabriel coming back, I know the defense didn't play as well as they wanted to, but still getting a win was very important to kind of start off the second half of the season. Yeah, and,
0: you know, it's it's wild. It's amazing the difference a quarterback makes. And Jeff who really got him rolling. But, I don't know, Eric, there were some issues, and we'd heard about it constantly on our show about, you know, is Dylan struggling with his accuracy? I don't want to make too much of it because maybe a little bit of time away, can we say he got him refocused on mechanics a bit because he – Outside of a couple of deep passes, he was insanely accurate on Saturday.
2: Yeah, that's a good point because you're right. He looked really good, looked really sharp uh, throwing the football, especially that first drive to come out and know you've, you've had seven quarters off, you know the expectation level of that the team was going to be better with you back. There were a lot. There was a lot of pressure, you got to think, on him during that first drive, and he embraced that pressure and embraced that challenge and went out there let him look so sharp those first couple of drives, just really crisp. And I think that was big. I think that's really what fed the offense is to see if I think if he would have struggled that first drive out, uh, it could have set a bad tone. But the way that he accepted all that, the challenges, the expectations, I really think that it really helped them get that win.
1: Eric, uh, this is a place that Oklahoma fans maybe don't find to be very comfortable or (laughs) would not like to visit, but (laughs) – I do think you recalibrate expectations for this season, and that's just kind of happened naturally for Oklahoma. So with that in mind, coming off of the losing streak that you discussed earlier, what is good for Oklahoma? What is successful for Brent Venables and Oklahoma now in year one?
2: Ideally, it's to win the rest of the games on the schedule, which they, they, they have the potential to do. I mean, we've seen them play at their best. We've seen them definitely play at their worst. But I, I really do think that they have the potential to finish out strong. Uh, but I say that knowing it's going to be tough. I mean, it, it, the, bright, the bright side is you could if you went out your 9-3 and three and you go to a bowl game. Now, the one thing you don't want to do is not reach win number six and get bowl eligibility. That's when you really have a tough time going into the, uh, the offseason. So I, I just think the, the best-case scenario is really go out there, find a way to get to six, Aim for nine, which, again, I think you know, I think if they play their best football, there's a chance they could do that. If they make steady improvement, they can't take a step back like they did against TCU in Texas. They already, they already proved how bad that is. I think if they can make steady improvement, they can get to nine. Nothing is easy. I could easily say that it's going to be hard to get to six, which I really think it is too.
0: I saw this note from Brett McMurphy this morning, Eric, and it really blew my mind. In the last three years, the Sooners have never won a game as an underdog, but they've only been an underdog twice which is wild, you know, even in the, uh, the, the Texas game this year was one of them and uh, gosh, what maybe baby Oklahoma state last year. I mean, it's, it, it shows you the consistent level of success. And I think it's hard for fans, but are you in that group that when Brent took over when Caleb left, did you kind of expect maybe there would be a bit of a backslide?
2: Oh, definitely. Okay. I, 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 I knew it was. There was nothing going to be seamless about this with a new coach. I think maybe the the the, the way that the, the reshuffling of the uh, roster really shocked me. How many? What, what did Brent say? Forty percent of the roster had never worn an Oklahoma jersey before wow. before the season. I mean, it, it it just the reshuffling of the roster. Nothing was going to be seamless. That's what. I I hope people aren't tired of me saying that, but we kind of knew that going in. It was going to be there was going to be some transition. There was going to be some growing pains. Now I don't think the depth of the growing pains were going to be this this bad. I really didn't. I didn't think that. You know, after the Nebraska game, I think everybody thought this is this team. This is a team that's you know number six in the country, Big Twelve favorites. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna roll. But uh, since then, they've they're one and three, and they've given up forty one, fifty five, forty nine, and forty two. Uh, that's a lot of points. <laughs> you know, four games over 40 points on defense. They, they've they given up a ton of points. And, and that's where Brent makes his hay is on defense. So I think that's the thing that uh, when we say not a seamless, a lot of people thought it was offense. Yeah, it, you know, it wasn't going to be seamless in offense, but definitely defense. He has to have time to really set his uh, style in motion.
1: Can we say the Tulsa world broke the Internet, at least uh, locally a little bit with the report that Oklahoma and Texas – Via Brett Yormark are staying in the Big Twelve through twenty twenty five. What was your reaction to the Big Twelve Commissioners' comments and are you buying that Oklahoma and Texas are staying through the duration of the Big Twelve Grand of Riots?
2: <laughs> it's funny. Our 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 guy Eli Letterman's up in Kansas City. He's he's covering OU basketball this year, so he's up there and we knew going in there was gonna be some kind of story. Coming out of the commissioner's state of the state of the conference address, and that's what it was. And uh, I, I still, I do think that they'll stay through 25. I do. I just think the money situation, the buyouts, the negotiations to get that—it's it, just you're two football seasons away from there. And I think, from a financial standpoint, is it worth buying your way out to get to the SEC? Uh, And also, it gives Brent Venables time to really kind of get his roster, get his plan in place, his three-year plan in place for that first year at the SEC. Now, I know it's hard being patient. That's the thing. Everyone's excited; they're ready to move. It's going to be tough for Oklahoma fans to be patient because ever since they announced they were going, everyone was ready. Let's do it now! Let's do it now! I just think that there still needs to be time for both financially for the school to get things in order from a resource standpoint. There's still a lot of things they have to prepare to get ready for a move to the SEC, not only in football, but in all sports. And then also just just uh, from you want to have your best, you want to be at your best when you make this move. You can't be rash. And I, I really like some of the things that they're doing while they're waiting. I think the ESPN contract with Sooner Vision is huge. I think from a recruiting standpoint, some of the, the Olympic sports are getting a lot of play on Sooner Vision. And, you know, I think that's going to help recruiting in those minor sports. But I really think also it just allows – I think it just allows, again, Brent Venable's time to set this roster in order and get ready for the move.
0: Is there any possibility? Because, it, again, it just – I mean, i is there still conversations maybe going on to say, hey, let's go ahead and get out of here in 24? Because, again – Eric, I could have never imagined Oklahoma and Texas playing in a 14-team Big 12. But if there is one thing, from Joe Castiglione to everyone involved in this conference, with this university, they have never, ever kind of swayed away from, hey, 2025. It's been pretty consistent.
2: Yeah, they haven't swayed away. But part of that is legally they probably can't sway away. They can't really talk about what they want to do. And we don't know if there's discussions between the two. There could be some, some uh, just some casual conversations about it. Not deep concussion, concussion uh, conversation. Sorry about it. Um, there could be some talk about it. But I, I just, you know, if it happens in 24, you know, I think, you know, I think everything has to be right for Oklahoma for Joe Castiglione. he's too good an athletic director to put his athletic department in a position to fail. I think everything has to be perfect for this program, all sports, to be ready for this move. So I think you if you're an Oklahoma fan, you put a lot of uh a lot of regard in what Joe Castiglione thinks is best for this program. He's not gonna do something just to do it. He's gonna make sure everything works out well.
0: E B before I let you go, I wanna circle back to OU um uh, football. <laughs>
2: We're talking to OU.
0: But I I gotta admit, you know, we've, we've been pretty blessed with some of the guys we get to interview, right? Baker was a, a blast. Uh Kyler was kind of hit and miss. Jalen was always <laughs> deep thinking. What's well, kind of uh, been your perception of Dylan Gabriel so far?
2: You know, he, he laid back. Very. I mean, you, you, you see that Hawaiian in him. I mean, he really laid back and a uh, real nice, polite young man. Uh, and you're right, it's funny when you think about it. We see all these different personalities, uh, quarterbacks. And, you know, it, it's funny when you see Jalen Hurts now uh him smile we didn't see him smile a lot he was all business at the lectern uh baker was baker i love talking to baker he was so much fun you just never know what you were going to get with him and tyler was like you said hit or miss he had his good days he had his bad days i mean it's not like he was mean or trying to avoid us or anything but there were some days you could tell he didn't want to be there uh but dylan gabriel he's he's a hawaiian man he he he, he <laughs> it's great he's just so laid back and so casual and you know I, I i love talking to him because his answers you can tell he thinks out his answers he's he's a he's always positive always positive and you get that from his teammates too his teammates really talked about his leadership qualities now we see the videos of him dancing around being wild we don't see that when we're in an official interview setting but this kind of gives you a hint of what this personality is like off the field so uh i've enjoyed it i really enjoyed talking to him
0: i'm the same man i think he's really been good you mentioned the polite nature of him he's He's a trip, right? Eric, I know I I bugged you this morning. You found time for me, so I really appreciate that. I know you're busy in meetings, but uh, best of luck the rest of the day, and best of luck to your daughter in softball, man. I love following it on your social media stuff.
2: All right, you guys. Have a good week. Enjoy the bye week, and uh, we'll keep in touch, okay?
0: Sounds good, E. See you, buddy. Eric Bailey. Eric Bailey. Consummate.
2: Great dude.
0: You know what they say. You will not find a nicer dude on the beat than Eric Bailey. All right, quick break. We'll wrap it up next with the best of the Air Comfort Solutions text line right here on the route. couple quick shout-outs. Number one, shout-out to United Way, United Way Day. We appreciate Darren Wilson. He's a stud. And really w- was cool to have uh, Wendy Swadek in studio, David and Jenny Goodspeed, unitedwaynorman.org. We'll continue to sell the message throughout the day to help out and give back. And also, uh, our good friends I- – I'm I say our good friends I don't I think I've only had a chance to meet them once in person and I just act like we're pals. But the good people over the Saucy Sicilian are opening their brick and mortar restaurant. So in other words, not just a food truck, Josh, an actual building 5 to 9 p.m. Wednesday through Sunday 1807 North Classen.
1: Up in the city? Up in the city. Yeah, I've uh, driven by that uh, location. Cool. It's Yeah, no, it's nice. It's gonna They're, they're going to crush it, man.
0: I could go for about 18 pizzas right about now. Even the cookie that I had pre-show. Got to. Something's got me just hungry today. You know what it is? It's all this content. Steel Man and Thune coming up next. Uh, all right. I mentioned I had a couple of texts that I wanted to get to. And these both involve Oklahoma and the perceived idea, right? The, the report that 2025 is going to officially be it.
1: Yeah, they're staying through the granted rights, the report.
0: Gunny of Stutzman Army writes I personally don't mind staying in the Big 12 till 25. This gives BV more time to get some of his players going before the move to the SEC. Don't know if we would feel that way if we're entering the bye week 7-0 and 0 right now, but I see what you're saying.
1: Yeah, the, the <laughs> perception because of how poorly this season started out has totally, totally shifted. Changed.
0: No issue at all, writes the 918. I think it would be bad for OU to go right into the SEC and struggle out of the gate. Let these recruits come in and build the new OU program so when we do go into the SEC, we're competing for championships. I was one of the ones in a big hurry – But after being humbled a little this year, I don't think there's a rush. In fact, the more time, the better, because we were left with nothing.
1: Nothing. Credit credit to you out there if you were like, I don't know if they're ready. We might need to be a little more patient. You were looking very wise, looking very wise this morning.
0: Um, Any update on Vasek? Okay, so can I be recruiting guy here? Tell me how I do. Parker, tell me how I do. You got to remember, Vasek, he's a – He's a Texas legacy. legacy. <laughs> yeah. And I think there if your family goes to a game, I think you going to a game is not anything that I would necessarily panic about. But they're not going to stop working at him. I mean if if Tommy Harris's kid was committed to Texas, if Dusty Dvorak's kid, if if Eddie Lehman was committed to Texas, I think we'd be working like crazy to see if we could get him to Norman.
1: No doubt. And it would feel like we have a good chance until ink hits paper.
0: That's right. And then from the 405, will staying until 2025 change the minds of any recruits that signed because of possibly going to the SEC? No. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's a good question. Probably not. But I also think that if you're signing and you, you're this year, 22, 23, 24, I mean your senior year would be in the SEC, right? Um, but you're if you're in this 23 class – you know your prime years are in the SEC, so and it's there's a great good question. chance you
1: have multiple seasons in the SEC right. if you redshirt. It's been fun, fast. I like it. Josh, have a great
0: rest you of your too. Wednesday, uh, Thursday worries tomorrow, along with our tearing, and we're also gonna visit Big Twelve Media Day. Kind of what Porter, uh, Porter and Jenny had to say up in Kansas City. Steelman and Thune at noon are next on United Way Day, right here on the Ref.